Wild weather knocks out power in the west. I'm Pam Huso, Fox News. A monsoon-like storm in the Phoenix area left thousands of people without lights and air conditioning overnight. The storm brought heavy rain and winds up to 70 miles per hour. It also created massive dust clouds. The weather story in much of the desert west today is the excessive heat. This as the experts confirm what many of us felt last month. June of 2021 was the hottest ever in 127 years of record keeping in the U.S. That's from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which says exceptional heat waves from coast to coast produced an average June temperature of 72.6 degrees. Fox's Jill Nato. A wildfire tearing through timber in Northern California has prompted an evacuation in neighboring Nevada. The fire caused by lightning is threatening several homes. Coming down in Charlottesville, Virginia, a Confederate statue that helped spark a violent 2017 rally. The remaining fence around the U.S. Capitol will start coming down today. This as a new House committee prepares to start investigating the Capitol riot. Support for law enforcement and the Second Amendment are big themes at CPAC. Speakers at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Dallas are also taking on big tech. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple, they, they all are monopolies and they are using their position to further their values and hurt our values. House Republican Ken Buck of Colorado, former President Donald Trump, will headline the three-day event that brought thousands of people to Texas. He's scheduled to speak tomorrow afternoon. Another CPAC conference was held four months ago in Orlando. America's listening to Fox News. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. What are the most important issues facing Americans today? Every Monday, join me, Brett Baer, Chief Political Anchor and Anchor and Executive Editor of Special Report, and my rotating all-star panel of experts as we discuss the policy practices, and solutions to the biggest and most important issues of the day. You can hear new episodes every Monday. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Fox News Rundown is a weekday morning podcast that dives deep into the major and controversial stories of the day. Hosted by the anchors of Fox News Radio. Subscribe now to hear a perspective of news you won't find anywhere else. Listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Whether you're fully vaccinated or not, masks will be worn at schools in California this fall. That differs from CDC guidance, which says masks must be worn by the unvaccinated. They are also encouraging schools to use physical distancing of about three feet for those students and staff who are not vaccinated. But here's the kicker. If schools are not able to do that, of course, they don't have all the room in the world. They'll be able to use implemented layered prevention strategies, hand washing etiquette, making sure that ventilation is in good shape and, of course, COVID testing. Fox's Mark Meredith. The University of New Mexico is walking back its vaccine requirement for students and faculty. Vaccination is now encouraged. U.S. troops are being requested in Haiti as a way to secure the country following the assassination of Haiti's president. But the White House hasn't indicated that will happen. 
In response to the Haitian government's request for security and investigative assistance, we will be sending senior FBI and DHS officials to Port-au-Prince as soon as possible to assess the situation. Press Secretary Jen Psaki, 17 suspects, including two Haitian Americans, are in custody. More than half a dozen suspects are still at large. The Pentagon says about 3,000 National Guard troops will remain at the southern border through next year. Their mission has largely been to provide logistical support to Border Patrol. Former acting Department of Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf says the influx of migrants is not just a humanitarian crisis, but raises concerns about crime. It's also about illegal narcotics. It's also the illegal contraband that they are funneling across that border. So every day that the crisis goes on, every day that we're facing these historic numbers along that border, we've got to think about the criminal element. Governor Greg Abbott says illegal border crossings have risen 839 percent from last year. Fox's Jonathan Seri in La Jolla, Texas. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. This is WFMD News. Four indictments were returned on Friday by the Frederick County Grand Jury. One was against 24-year-old Dominic Cage of Frederick, who's charged with drug offenses after a large amount of narcotics, including prescription drugs, were found in his vehicle. State's attorney Charlie Smith said Cage was arrested in June in the 300 block of North Market Street. Frederick police responded to that area for complaints of drug dealing inside a car. An officer went over to the vehicle to investigate. Smith said the indictments moved these cases to the circuit court where trial dates will be scheduled. He also said there are a number of other indictments returned by the grand jury on Friday, which are under seal. The details will be released once the individuals who have been charged are served with the indictments. I'm Bob Dacey on Mid-Maryland's Radio News Center, 930 WFMD. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. As we head into the day, mostly sunny with a high near 85 and northwest winds around 7 miles per hour. Saturday night, we'll have a 30% chance of rain showers mainly after 2 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with a low around 67. Sunday, showers likely with thunderstorms also possible after 11 a.m., partly sunny with a high near 88 and south winds 5 to 9 miles per hour. PJ's Roofing. When it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Dan Sutton. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Welcome to Success Happens. This is Jen. It is great to be with you all today. And I am interested in how many people listening know somebody who is a student right now in college who is faced with the choice, the decision to get vaccinated or else. Get vaccinated or or don't continue your education at this institution here in Maryland. And I believe there are other states that are also dealing with it. I've been working with you, as you know, Virginia, and I am in communication with people in Pennsylvania. So there may be other areas as well, but specifically here in University of Maryland system, which is a massive group of institutions, including 
uh, Chop and State, Coppin State, Towson, University of Maryland College Park, and many others. There's about seven different university uh, campuses that are part of this massive University of Maryland system. And we are at the point now where, one, they don't know if it's really safe. They do not know if it's safe. It is an experimental drug. I'm not going to call it a vaccine because some experts aren't calling it a vaccine. So I'm going to trust the experts. And the death rate has been severe. Young men are severely compromised and perhaps could die from this drug from an enlarged heart. Now, I want to just take us back to Obama and the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as the ACA or Obamacare. When they instituted the ACA, and I know this because I was running a medical nonprofit here in Maryland, PA at the time. When they instituted that, they expanded the coverage for students to 26. We may have forgotten that. So let's remind us of that. Now, fast forward to today, they are saying anybody over 18 in college must take this experimental drug that's not FDA approved, that has caused enlarged hearts in young people. Why all of a sudden do they think at the magic age of 18, it's okay to poke people with this nonsense? But it's... It's also okay to cover them to 26 as students. Why is it you why is it you can't buy beer at 18, but you can get the jab that might kill you? It makes no sense. Now I'm calling on legislators and citizens and attorneys like the person I'm about to interview here to do a, a an immediate injunction to stop the jab on young people from 26 and younger to match and be consistent with the ACA policy on coverage of students until 26. Let's just be consistent in our application of the law and policy. We need a temporary injunction right now to stop this jab because we know it's causing tremendous harm. The death rate The last time I looked, and this was about four weeks ago, was over 6,000 people have died from it. That's from the VAERS report from CDC. So if we follow the science and we trust our CDC, which I don't, but if we did, we would know that at minimum, and they think it's severely underreported, more than 6,000 people have, have died as a result of taking this drug. So we need to stop the nonsense. And oh, by the way, I'm calling for the governor to take the signs off the highways that say turn right for the next vaccine clinic. We've got one here on 15 traveling southbound in Frederick. The ad that's running right now by Department of Health and Human Services that is catering to and targeting young people To get the jab is outrageous. It's like trying to sell kids cigarettes, making it okay. So we've got to stop this nonsense until we understand more because people are at risk. When they looked at the data 
one last thing. When they looked at the data of all other vaccines combined, they stopped some of those vaccines long before they hit any of the numbers we're looking at currently in this jab. So all that being said, it's very controversial. It's potentially very harmful and lethal. And we need to get real about, do you really want to put your young people at risk? I know that my son will not get that jab. 100%. If I got to stay home and teach him myself. Okay, so here we are this morning with a phenomenal person who has taken on the banner to save lives and stop this nonsense and this assault against our youth. I have with me today Jennifer Lester, who is a constitutional human rights attorney, and she is phenomenal. She's become a friend. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And I I just am so passionate that people need to wake up to what's going on because the harm that's being done right now to our young people, either potentially right now immediately or in the long run, which we don't know, is really scary. So I want to start with how did you become interested in being a constitutional attorney and dealing with these human rights issues? Because these are really tough issues. Yeah, they are. They are tough issues. I guess, um, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure how um, I, I became interested in a con- becoming a constitutional attorney. My uh, background is actually primarily in family law. However, I always um, have had a very strong interest and desire in protecting individual rights. And that's kind of my background in, in individual rights. And last March of 2020, when Governor Hogan shut down the state, I became very um, interested in how he was able to do that and why. And so I, I spent some time examining Maryland's Emergency Management Act. And I was a little um, shocked at what I found, a law that's been on the books since 2002, just after September 11th. And this law gives the governor immense powers that we've all seen um, play out over the past 15, 16 months. Um, Maryland was under a state of emergency from March 5th, 2020 through June 30th, 2021. That is a very long time. And Governor Hogan was able to do that because the law permits him to pretty much make a unilateral decision without any oversight by any committee or any legislative body or any judicial body. Just um, the governor alone can decide that there's an emergency pending, um, an emergency situation that needs to be addressed. And it's very broad, the language in the statute about what kind of emergency Everything um, you would imagine, uh, natural disasters to um, acts of war, terrorism, of course. And then, um, you know, interestingly, it does say, you know, biological and viral agents, um, a pandemic involving those things. So, of course, that's how he was able to, to shut down the state for 16 And he months. had to renew it every 30 days, did Correct. he Correct. He had to um, renew that um, state of emergency every 30 days. Now, the legislative body could come in and try to have that state of emergency set aside through legislative action. Well, you said that so nice. I would say stop the nonsense. <laughs> they could have stopped the nonsense and they chose not to. Correct. I believe there were calls by, I believe, Delegate Dan Cox 
actually was one of them to say, let's have a special session and have the legislators weigh in on this because, listen, they we elected them, too, to help us in matters like this. Why did that not happen? Any idea? I don't know Try why to get in the minds happen. of a legislator. Yeah, it's I a mean, deep, dark place. For some reason, there wasn't the political will by the other um, General Assembly members. Yeah, it was very to... convenient. It was very convenient. I would say it was politically expedient as a means to oust Trump. So why would you as a mostly Democrat legislature at all <laughs> try to do something that could um, uh, support the will of the people and, and uh, perhaps – allow Trump to stay in that, you know, it be, it became very, very political. It was disgusting. So let me go back to um, this idea that he exceeded power and authority. You know, one of the things you've called for is adjusting. And I think several people, there's a number of groups out there who are saying, look, we have to change the laws because it shouldn't be King Hogan. It should be Governor Hogan elected by the people to do our will, not his. So how do we restore it to the democratic structure we all know and love? Well, that emergency management law needs to be changed. Um, If the citizens of the state do not want to see one person deciding to shut down the operation of small businesses, schools, churches, encroaching on your individual rights in very, very, very severe and significant ways, then the, the that law needs to be changed. Well, and I would add that it wasn't only encroaching on their individual rights. It was impacting the right to property. There's, there's some aspect of the law, and I can't quote it because I'm not an attorney, but <clears throat> where there is an... Um, it's 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 a, the equivalent to a grab of your property. If they close down businesses, what are they grabbing? They may not be grabbing our building or our land, but they are grabbing our profits. Correct. So it's a similar impact in terms of our ability to thrive and prosper in Maryland. Oh, yes. I think we've all seen the ramifications of what happened um, as a result of that state of emergency for the last, you know, a year, year and a half. Um Many, many small businesses were impacted, and you're correct. Their rights to, you know, our rights to uh, make income in a small business was was eliminated in many respects and certainly curtailed for, for a lot of people. So um, if people wanted to, before we get into the student issue, just from the business side, um, and Reopen Maryland, again, Tim Walters, who's been on with us many times, um, started an organization to support you know, businesses and pastors and churches and all of that. Um, if if we, it seems to me there's a class action here, and my father does these kinds of cases, so I think from there. But it seems to me there is a class action waiting to happen here around the crushing of businesses and organizations to the point where many have gone out of business. That's that's a very good question. I mean, you know, I think the issue with a class action in that situation is, um, uh, you know, you have got to bring the people together, first of all, which is a difficult endeavor. Um, you saw Tim Walter certainly 
did that effectively to some extent with Reopen Maryland, and they were able to bring litigation. They had some businesses that came forward and were willing to stick their neck out. That's another problem. People are afraid to speak up. But, you know, he did find some people that were willing to speak up for everybody. Yeah, we covered that last show about the restaurants in Anne Arundel County. And and I'll remind everybody, if you missed that show, there is safety in numbers. That's a real thing. So if you have a group of like-minded or like-situated individuals, it could be a block of businesses that come together. Uh, Come together as a group because they will listen when you're not a one-off. If you're a one-off, you're on your own. But if you link arms with other like-minded or like-situated businesses or organizations, you have a, a megaphone and a louder voice amplified so that the media really can't ignore it. I mean, they, they try. They've, they, the cabal is alive and well in mainstream media. And you're seeing that, by the way, just let me remind everybody that President Trump announced yesterday that they are seeking, um, they are filing a class action lawsuit against big tech. So big tech means the people who are giving you your information. And it's outrageous what's been going on. So when you look back to the shutting down of businesses, the shuttering of businesses, uh, the the cutting off of people people's ability to earn a viable income. What is your advice to people beyond link arms and get it together with a bunch of other people? What what's the next step for them to do? Well, I think that um, you can you can look at what happened with reopen. They hired attorneys and they filed a lawsuit against the state to try to stop um, the state of emergency. And unfortunately, that's caught up in um, uh, some legal issues, procedural issues on appeal. And there hasn't been a final ruling in that case. And now we are back to a reopened economy. Unfortunately, I I would say, though, (laughs) what they did there Mm -hmm. did force the governor's hand to a certain degree, because all of a sudden we were covering it here. And all of a sudden he Mm -hmm. came out and said, oh, we're going to stop the emergency mandates as of June 30th, almost a year and a quarter later. Um, so I think there was pu- public pressure on him because we'd really right. all had enough is enough. Exactly. That's the other key, public pressure on our politicians. I mean, people have to contact their local representatives, contact the governor's office and do that frequently and let them know your opinion. And certainly um, in the case of the University of Maryland that's mandating vaccines for employees and students, they should be doing the same thing. Everyone should be contacting them. They being the students and staff? Yes, students, employees, parents of students. Well, and let, let me just point to something. Having been a government employee, budget is assigned in such a way that they can also, I think, not sure it happened, potentially threaten to withhold budget and funding if you don't comply. It's a heavy hand and a nasty business. And here's the problem. They're, they're doing it on the backs of students and staff and parents who are worried about their kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a terrible decision that um, students are and employees are being faced with right now. Um, the university is mandating a vaccine that only has emergen- emergency use authorization approval. 
And under federal law, that type of vaccine cannot be mandated. It cannot be mandated. And so... So hold on. Let me back up. So what you're saying is, make sure I got what you just said. We're, the vaccine is under an emergency use authorization. Therefore, while under that use emergency use authorization, which I think is good till 2022 because they're in a trial, they're, they're testing it. They're testing it on you and me. You know, not me, but, you know, they're testing it on people. But while it's in that status, they cannot mandate. So is the governor and institutions like University of Maryland violating the law? I mean, I would argue that there is a violation of the federal law that does not permit mandates of an emergency use authorized vaccine. Now, I'm sure that, um, oh, I am aware that the um, attorney general's office came out with an opinion where the state of Maryland does not interpret the law that way. Um, How convenient. Right. There, you know, reasonable minds can disagree, but... And, and, this situation. and unreasonable <laughs> minds can lie. You're not saying that. I am. So, you know, unfortunately, I, I you know, Jennifer, I, I think that you're a hero because <laughs> you're taking on the cabal. And these people do not care. Let me just say this very specifically and very clearly. They do not care about the students. They do not care about the parents who are going to have to care for these students or mourn their loss if they pass from an enlarged heart, okay? They don't care. So as an attorney, though, you're putting yourself at risk going after these folks. And I, you know, I applaud you. I, you know, I look at what they've gone after with Giuliani, and we're going to go to a quick break. But, you know, what attorneys are by design supposed to be allowed to argue these issues without feeling threatened, either that somebody's going to come after their bar license or threatened that somebody's going to come after their life. And it's outrageous that this country has devolved to that point. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. I'd like to thank our sponsors, KW Photography and Design, great photographer, fabulous photos. Also, great at doing design and web design. So if you have those needs, reach out to Kira Wynn at kwphotographydesign.com. Also, thanks to Dianovich and Associates. I always like to give him and Michelle a shout out. You guys did me right on a couple of things. I really appreciate their security business. And these are times where there may be a need that you have to hire security, and you should do so with Dionovich and Associates. And of course, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now, and we'll be right back. Are you ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred? With plant-based protein, antioxidant fruits, organic greens and veggies, plus gut health, For a fraction of the cost you are already spending, this super 30-day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, reset metabolism, lift brain fog, increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live, organic, non-GMO, superfood nutrition. Delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. 
Go to superfoodswithjen.com. A picture's worth a thousand words. Capture your wedding memories in stunning photography by Kara Wynn at KW Photography Design in a price you can afford. Here's what a bride had to say. Working with Kara for our wedding was easy and the pictures are phenomenal. I'm so glad we chose KW Photography Design. Call Kara at 240-344-3224 or visit kwphotographydesign.com. Making your memories last a lifetime. Join us on Restaurant Row Creekside. Enjoy great restaurants including La Casona with fresh Tex-Mex favorites and happy hour weekday specials. Or Truth and Beauty offering unique tasty American fare and brunch. Stop by Sweeties on the Creek for yummy fresh made ice cream, frozen desserts, sweet treats and plush toys. The Carroll Creek Parking Deck is right next door. Great food, fun times. Come visit us at Creekside. When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh made selections, including dairy free and all natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now, WFMD News. Friday was a busy day for the Frederick County Grand Jury. The panel returned four indictments, mostly for drug offenses. 24-year-old Dominic Cage was charged with possession with intent to distribute fentanyl, cocaine, marijuana, and several prescription medications. He was arrested in June in Frederick after police responded to a complaint about drug dealing in a car. Others indicted were Omar Streeter and Nyan Matthews, both of Baltimore, and Cesar Yamaya Andrade of Frederick. But State's Attorney Charlie Smith says there were several indictments returned on Friday which are sealed. Under seal essentially means that uh, the people don't know that the uh, warrant's going to be served on them, so we don't make comment on it. Otherwise, they're not going to be around to get served. These indictments move these cases to circuit court where trial dates will be scheduled. Kevin McManus, WFMD News. Pavement repairs are expected to take place on Interstate 70 between Route 85 and the exit ramp to southbound Interstate 270. The Maryland Highway Administration said the work is expected to begin on Sunday, July 11th at 8 p.m. and continue until 5 a.m. on July the 12th. It's expected to take one week to complete. The right lane of the westbound I-70 will be closed for more than one mile. The work on the ramp is expected to take two nights. The southbound I-270 ramp at exit 53A will be closed on Sunday and Monday from 8 until 5 a.m. Traffic will be detoured. The contractor will be using board signs, cones, barrels, and alert to alert motorists about the work zone closures. For more on local stories, log on to WFMD.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 930 WFMD. I'm Bob Daisy on Mid-Maryland's Radio News Center, 930 WFMD. News. I'm Karen McHugh. The Taliban gaining more ground in Afghanistan in the face of America's withdrawal. Yesterday, they claim they've got 85% of the country in their back pocket, but in fact, experts say it's only like a third, but still, that's a lot. And the 
territory continues to mount. Overall, the Afghanistan military has been rolling over. But there are unconfirmed reports today of a bit of a clawback. Clashes in the south, airstrikes in the west, the government claiming Taliban deaths. Fox's Greg Palcott, the Biden administration stands by its decision to pull U.S. forces from the region after nearly 20 years of war. In Charlottesville, Virginia, a statue memorializing Confederate hero Robert E. Lee was removed from its pedestal this morning. It became a rallying point for a white supremacist riot in which one counter-protester died in 2017. America is listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. As we head into the day, mostly sunny with a high near 85 and northwest winds around 7 miles per hour. Saturday night, we'll have a 30% chance of rain showers mainly after 2 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with a low around 67. Sunday, showers likely with thunderstorms also possible after 11 a.m., partly sunny with a high near 88 and south winds 5 to 9 miles per hour. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Dan Sutton. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Welcome back to Success Happens. And I have with me today Jennifer Lester, who's an attorney extraordinaire. And um, Jennifer, let's talk about the University of Maryland. Now, you mentioned before the break that they are potentially violating or in your interpretation, they are violating, that's what you're going to argue, right? That they are violating federal law by mandating uh, these vaccines, in air quotes, uh, vaccines of staff and students. How many kids and students and staff are involved? How many imp- are impacted across the entire system? You, you know, have a thought about that? <laughs> I don't have those numbers, but I mean, I'm sure it's... Well, let, let's, if you added it up, I mean, I, I don't know... You know, we'll do that math, but 40,000, when I was in school, campus in University of Maryland College Park undergrad was 40,000 students. So I'm going to say that if you add up the seven or eight universities across the state and colleges, you're looking at well over 100,000 students. Yeah. Yeah. These are huge, huge numbers. I also want it to be known that I have just been made aware this week that students at Hood College right here in Frederick received a notification that if they did not get vaccinated and provide proof that they were before July 31st of this year, they could not return to classes starting August 1. Let that sink in. Where in God's green earth did we get to the point where these people get to mandate our health care. Stay in your lane. How many times did I hear that in government politics? Jen, stay in your lane. Okie dokie. Hood College, University of Maryland, stay in your lane. You are not health care providers. And you have no right to supersede federal government rules and regs and, and laws for your political interpretation and influence over masses of people. It's outrageous. So everybody listening, I want you to reach out to your local legislators and um, and state legislators, 
You need to be known. And you can send what's called notices. Tell them about notices. How do, You can send a notice to your legislator and put them on notice that you are following this issue. And um, there's some more of that going to be coming down the pike. So we'll keep you informed about what that process is. But you call, you write, you email, and you get hundreds and thousands of people to do the same. You pummel them with communications that you've said, now I've had enough, enough is enough. Your, your butt is going to get unelected if you don't start listening to the we the people and stop mandating something you have no right to mandate. Okay, any thoughts? I think um, one thing it's really important for students, employees, and um, parents of students to understand is that every individual has the right to something called informed consent. So what that means is when you go and to receive this vaccine or any vaccine, the, um, the individual, the nurse, the doctor giving you the vaccine should be giving you an information sheet about that vaccine, what the ingredients are, what the uh, potential side effects may be. And um, in the case of any uh, COVID vaccine, all of three of them are only still under emergency use authorization. Um, while they're under emergency use authorization, pursuant to 21 USC, which is United States Code 360 BBB-3, you have the right and the option to accept or refuse the emergency use authorized product. So you, sh- you, as the patient receiving this vaccine, should be informed by the individual giving it to you that under federal law, you have the option to accept or refuse the product. And the Without uni- consequence. Correct. And, well, the, the law, I don't know that the law says I mean, without I'm consequence. I seems to me, if they're saying you can refuse, then there should not be a consequence. That logic would, it, would tell you that, correct. Because otherwise, if, I'm working through it. If they refuse and there is a consequence, that's akin to discrimination. Now I'm, I'm being discriminated if I cannot attend classes because I choose not to, because of my informed consent, take the poke. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the problem with the mandate. That's at the crux of the problem with the mandate. I mean, you have the right to refuse and your refusal should not ban you from classes, should not force you to wear a mask to identify yourself as somebody who refused to, you know, take an experimental vaccine. And it's astonishing um, to me that the University of Maryland would mandate this and require this of students and faculty um, in this manner, almost coerce um, our young people into taking well, I'm a vaccine. Well, I'm going to say it is coercion. It's not almost. It is. And oh, by the way, so is the governor doing the same thing. With the lottery. With the lottery. Was... I mean, you you know, that's just disgusting. Now you're going to tempt people with money because you can't get, you can't make the case for why they should do this and put themselves in harm's way so that you can have some political outcome. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. I do tie this to politics. It's absolutely. And, I, and I'll and i tell you this. I've talked to a number of people. I talked to a lot of folks. And I, I had one conversation with a woman. She's uh, a teacher. And, um, and I've talked to several people within the black community, okay, 
who are very concerned about taking this. And, you know, if indeed this thing is as harmful as some people are claiming it is, boy, do we have a long road ahead of us. So why not put the fears to rest and do the proper tests so that we know that it's safe? That means don't test me and you. Test the lab rats. Don't make us the lab rats. Don't make us the lab rats. So I want to implore you all to get in conversation with your state and federal representatives. Not just your state, not just your county. County is, 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 is some of it because the health departments are the, uh, particularly here in Maryland where Governor Hogan empowered the health departments to become police and to go in and, you know, much like if you're, you've got a dirty refrigerator in a restaurant and something going on, they can shut you down or cite you. They can cite you on these things around, you know, COVID. At least that was the case, you know, months ago. I don't know if it's still the case. But the point is, when you deputize your health department so that you can forward some political notion that, oh, I don't know, you want to run for president, it would be much easier if you didn't have to run against Trump, you know, uh, for example. Um, You know, now it's about you. It has nothing to do with we the people. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's very true. I think what what is happening certainly does not have to do with the will of the majority of the people. Um, that, but a lot that, of people have taken true. it. A lot of people have taken it. Sure, and I think a lot of people have um, decided to uh, take the COVID vaccine because their choice is keeping their job, or you know, and putting food on the table for their family, and they're pushed into a corner where they really feel. Like they have no choice. I mean, I've talked to lots of individuals who are, you know, in that very situation. And it, well, is it proper that an that an employer can require somebody to get an experimental drug that's killing people? I mean, where on earth is that supposed to be okay? I agree. I don't. I don't think it's okay at all. I really don't. And that's why I'm out here doing what I'm doing. I'm working with a group. Um, Tell us about that group. Yeah, they're called Coalition for Future Maryland, and they're raising funds for litigation against the University of Maryland uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Um, I, How I, do people donate to them? So that Listen, guys, legal work is extraordinarily expensive. I want to give you a, a, an, an example. I had a probate issue. $10,000 just as a deposit to start talking to somebody. These probate cases, which is family law, some of the work you do, can run $100,000, can they not? If there's litigation. If there's yes. litigation. And mm-hmm. when, when you're fighting over a will and people are scrapping over money, you get into litigation. So it's not inexpensive to do this. And these people have spent years in school and licenses and pay malpractice insurance. So legal work is is expensive. And you want to have great minds doing this because you're up against the cabal. So, so we're asking for support to help fund the financial side of this because so many families don't have the money to hire an attorney like Jennifer. Cool. So let's give them the opportunity to have a fair fight. 
Um, how do they donate? How do they donate? I, I can um, send you the link. Okay. And perhaps you can post it on I'll your it on. website. I'll, but... I'll put it on my Facebook page. So the Coalition for Future Maryland, they can Correct. Google it. Make donations, guys, even if it's $10, $15, $25. If you can throw them 100 bucks, do. They need to raise $80,000 to be in this fight. And hundreds of thousands, I'm going to say well over 100,000 lives are at stake. Okay? This is a big number. So please help them. I really implore you. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We're, you're listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. And also KW Photography Design. We'll be right back. When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh made selections, including dairy free and all natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now. Join us on Restaurant Row Creekside. Enjoy great restaurants, including La Casona with fresh Tex-Mex favorites and happy hour weekday specials. Or Truth and Beauty, offering unique, tasty American fare and brunch. Stop by Sweeties on the Creek for yummy, fresh-made ice cream, frozen desserts, sweet treats, and plush toys. The Carroll Creek Parking Deck is right next door. Great food, fun times. Come visit us at Creekside. A picture's worth a thousand words. Capture your wedding memories in stunning photography by Kara Wynn at KW Photography Design in a price you can afford. Here's what a bride had to say. Working with Kara for our wedding was easy and the pictures are phenomenal. I'm so glad we chose KW Photography Design. Call Kara at 240-344-3224 or visit kwphotographydesign.com. Making your memories last a lifetime. Ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred with plant based protein. Antioxidant fruits, organic greens, and veggies, plus gut health for a fraction of the cost you are already spending. This super 30 day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, reset metabolism, lift brain fog. Increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live, organic, non-GMO, superfood nutrition. Delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to superfoodswithjen.com. It's all about your car. Call in with questions to Dave Serio, beginning in less than 30 minutes, right here on 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. I have with me today Jennifer Lester, an attorney. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to this notion of we're all in this together. You know, we can we can provide you with the funding you need, hopefully. We can bring together a, a, a strong group of legal minds to fight constitutionally, you know, these abuses. And, but at the end of the day, we also have to make the laws change. We have to take back our power as we, the people. So 
Do you have any thoughts about that? Oh, yes. Thank you. Actually, I do. Um, first of all, I just want to say that a fight, um, a legal fight for the University of Maryland students and employees is is really a fight for all of us. If this mandate goes unchallenged, there will be more mandates from other employers, and we've already seen them across the state. Uh, MedStar Hospital Center, I believe, is mandating. Johns Hopkins, of course, is mandating. Um, by um, the way, let me say something about Hopkins. The head of the uh, Hospital Association for Maryland months and months ago, maybe a long time ago, said they weren't getting participation. So they were getting, I think they were at 56% or 62% or something like that of the staff were unwilling to take the jab. And he said, his comment was, well, they just don't, they're just ill-informed. Wait, they work for Hopkins. Hopkins works with CDC. Don't try and pull the wool over my eyes that they don't know. They know way too much. And they said, you're not poking me with that nonsense. Now they've got to mandate it. Yeah, now Hopkins has mandated. I understand that. Now, let me just suggest that if this really is indeed a dangerous drug that's untested until 2022, it's experimental and untested until 2022, you're putting some of the greatest minds at risk taking this thing. Yeah, I mean, well, and in terms of being experimental until 2022, you know, that is when, you know, the um, the data is being collected to demonstrate, I guess, effectiveness of the vaccine. Um, but people should understand that applications have been submitted by at least Pfizer, I believe, to receive full approval. Now, that hasn't happened yet, but we could have full approval of one of these vaccines before the end of 2022. Do so. we trust that the data and the testing is authentic and honest and that they're really going to provide us with all the information? Because quite frankly, I think there are a lot of people who feel like they can't trust CDC. They can't trust these different institutions to tell us the truth. They're just going to forward their own political mandate. Well, I think, you know, in politics, they always say you should follow the money. So I think, you know, people should look at where funding comes from for different organizations, different entities, um, look at who benefits from approval by different administrative entities and, you know, follow the money in politics. And, you know, that brings me to another point that if your politician is not responsive to you, are doing things that are against your best interest or not um, acting on your behalf when issues come up, such as restricting the governor's ability to keep reissuing a state of emergency, then it's time to put new politicians in office. I mean, there's no reason why we have to keep voting the same people into office every two years, every four years. Sometimes it's a good thing to change guard and put fresh <laughs> faces there to who are going to be more responsive to what you and me and our neighbors want in our communities. Absolutely. And that brings me to another point. I want to just give a shout out to Delegate Dan Cox because he has been in the fight with you along with other Uh, like-minded attorneys and legislators. But I think Dan's really been out there kind of on his own in a lot of ways fighting something without a whole lot of support because nobody wanted to go up against the governor. And Dan said, you know what? No, I have to stand up for the people. And I am so pleased to endorse Dan Cox for, for governor. He just announced this past week 
He's getting great support across the state because people are fed up with the abuses of power and the same thing that's been going on. So thank God for Dan Cox and his, uh, I'm going to say, leadership backbone. Uh, and he's he's right on the issue. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to hear mm-hmm. from Dan this morning. So let's hear from Dan Cox about his run for governor and why he feels like this is important. Kind of tie it to what you've just shared, Jennifer. Thank you. Well, hey, Jen, it's a pleasure to be on your show again. And I tell you what, the, the good work you are doing to advance these issues is exactly part of the reason why I'm running for governor, because the policies that have been advanced as of late in this beautiful, great state of Maryland, uh, where I'm from, uh, have been devastating to our economy and to our people. And we need to make sure that we have a renewed constitutional vision to make sure that the business climate and the employee climate and the opportunity to live, work, and retire in Maryland uh, continues for our children and for our retirees. And that's a sincere concern when you look at the fact that Uh, We are one of the top states for retirees leaving our state, and that is something I'd like to address and and reverse that course uh, for the benefit of all of Maryland. All right, Dan, can you talk a little bit about what I was speaking with Jennifer about with this whole idea of informed consent and that now Biden is planning to send people door to door in Maryland and across the nation to get people vaccinated by something that's an experimental drug that's just it's just an egregious overreach and imposition of of uh, tyranny really how do uh, one yes. of the things i understand is people can post a do not solicit do not trespass sign what are your thoughts about that well i fully agree with that we have to continue to protect our constitutional liberties i've talked to the police about uh, on separate issues regarding no trespass. And that's one of the things that everybody knows is that if you post a no trespassing sign, uh, anyone who then trespasses can be immediately arrested that you can call the police on them. And the reason is because we have constitutional property law rights and the statutes support and the constitution, which I took an oath to, supports the fact that private property is protected uh, in, in our state and in our country. And we can't have the Biden administration Uh, setting those things aside, thinking it's uh, some kind of a dictator to come pounding on our doors, uh, telling us to expose our medical privacy and and to take some kind of uh, uh, a medical experiment or a vaccine that uh, is something that people need to have the medical choice to do rather than to be forced to do. So, uh, you know, it's important that the public stand up and uh, make sure their, their rights are protected. People should not in any way feel intimidated by the Biden administration's overreach. They should stand up against that. Thank you. And as uh, Marylanders, we've been crushed during this past year plus by policies by the current administration. What will you do to support businesses who are, uh, you know, some have gone out of business and they can't recover. Others are hanging on by a thread. What will you do to help those businesses? Well, absolutely, Jennifer. And the Hogan administration, sadly, under the commerce policies that they advanced, is the cause of this. Uh, They were very strong-armed and destroyed over 700 restaurant businesses, $2 billion in losses in Maryland. I believe every business and every person is essential. And unfortunately, they advanced a policy to harm so-called non-essential businesses, ordering them to close. 
This has had been devastating. Now they're raising the unemployment insurance tax. I will immediately reverse that. I will work to end that kind of uh, aggressive and, and uh, horrible uh, taxation of our corporations and in our uh, in our business climate. Uh, the unemployment insurance tax being a, an example of that here we are shutting down uh, businesses and then charging them for it. That's wrong. It needs to end. And I would end that policy immediately. Okay. And lastly, what about helping the workers? I mean, some of them aren't even getting their unemployment checks, I understand. Yeah, it, it's, it's a serious concern. I mean, we have right now, I have constituents who've been waiting a year. These are people who have uh, been willfully laid off by the government. And then for some reason, uh, this administration has not fulfilled its duties to make sure these people get their, their money through the unemployment payment system. And instead, over 500 million, I, I'm told, in fraud of uh, payments they've sent out of state to individuals. And uh, that just is a real egregious fact. I think we need to end that and change that by immediately putting a policy of constituent services that gets the, the job done and gets the payment checks out to the individuals while providing incentives to get them back in the workforce. But you can't encourage someone to get back in the workforce if their car is taken because they didn't get their unemployment when they were supposed to. And that's what has happened to constituents of mine. Literally, their cars have been repossessed, preventing them from going to, to their jobs. So we need to end that and advance a, um, a policy that it, it uplifts the worker, provides an opportunity for them to get back into the workforce and make sure that the law is followed regarding unemployment. Thank you for stepping up and running for governor for the great state of Maryland. We truly appreciate your courage, your political stamina, and your stand for each and every Marylander having a great life. And God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate it. God bless. So that was Delegate Dan Cox. And, and again, I'm endorsing him for governor. I appreciate him so much. He is my delegate. He's my friend. And I he is also somebody I admire greatly for his leadership principles. He's a principled leader. And boy, do we need that now more than ever. Jennifer, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for the fight. Is there anything you want to leave people with about this opportunity to contribute to your cause, really the cause of the students and staff across the state? Guys, we need to stand up and donate. So um, any final thoughts? Just it takes, you know, there's um, it takes everyone in the community to come together to fight against, you know, these mandates and these unconstitutional principles that are that are being put forward by um, our institutions and our employers and our government. And if everyone comes together, we can really make a difference. Wonderful. Thank you. Jennifer, thank you again for the great work that you're doing on behalf of students and staff of the University of Maryland system across the state. And uh, I also want to call upon Hood College to rethink your decision to mandate an experimental drug on your students, you're putting them at risk, potentially. And I know that's not what you mean to do, but you're going to do it. And it's people's, you know, we say our body, our choice. How many times the Democrats have said, my body, my choice? Well, guess what? You don't get to cut that off conveniently when it comes to other issues. And this is one of them. My body, my choice. And if I choose not to take the vaccine, or if I choose to take the vaccine, that is my choice. And I don't need to tell you or explain to you or ask your forgiveness or opinion. Personal health 
is personal choice. You work with your doctors and you keep it in the medical lane. Don't be stepping out of your educational lane into the medical lane. It's you've you've done overreaching in your uh, and it's an abuse of authority and you're imposing it on people who feel coerced. And if they don't comply, their life is negatively impacted. So on that note, I want to wish you all a great week. Sorry to be the Debbie Downer, but you know what? Stand up for your rights. You'll feel great about it. And you'll make a difference, I promise. And when all of us come together, we have a bigger megaphone. God bless you. Love you. We'll see you next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Have a great week. News Radio 930.